on top of the world and you have plans but what happens when your plans fall apart that's exactly what happened to Jerry Roberts to find out what went wrong or should I say what turned out right stay tuned plans <laughs> yes I had plans but you know You're, now you know come to know God I see that my thoughts and not his thoughts you know my aces ways <laughs> yeah and, and you were gonna play football and become yeah. a mechanical engineer but yes. that's not what happened what happened right. oh well um, I, I, I grew up I went to uh, Iowa played at William Penn University and um, I broke my arm. First play of the game, I took the starter's position um, after coming on as a walk-on, and uh, the first very play of the game, I broke my arm. And when I, I broke my arm, I mean, it shattered my dreams. I gave up on life. I gave up. I, it was like all hope. I stopped going to class. I stopped going to practice. I stopped working out. I mean, I completely gave up. I wanted to – I had a dream to uh, play football and take care of my family, my mom and my, my, my two sisters. Um, that was my passion. That was my, my dream, my goal. But it led to a, a detour. You know, I, after that, I, I started really entangling myself with the gang and drug life, you know, big time. Um, after um, leaving school, after leaving Iowa, I come back to Texas and, and again, uh, took, started, started really doing the heavy drugs, you know, was addicted to methamphetamines, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol it's like I couldn't go a day without any of those substance in me uh, so I feel like that's the only way I can function you know and uh, then joining the gang life you know um, I was a blood um, and <laughs> that that life you know because having people you know uh, the, the look of I feel you know that I could communicate with because of the life that I started following well that life led to a, a lot of destruction it led me to, uh, to facing five years and I mean what well, a 10-year sentence in TDCJ um, after I come home from Texas, I find myself uh, getting married. And uh, after I got married, you know, um, the relationship, you know, uh, it was a very rocky relationship because I, I didn't know anything about marriage. I did not know anything I was doing. I did not know anything about loving a wife, the Christ, love the church or, or anything like that. Even the purpose of it, never seen a biblical marriage displayed in my life before. Uh, just as a quick um, view of the past, my my parents divorced when I was at a young age, at eight. Um, I saw my dad, you know, being uh, verbally and physically abusive to my mom, you know. So I learned that communication was with, I wanted you to do something. I need to either change my countenance, change my tone, glitch my teeth, my fist, verbally, physically abusive. That was communicating, you know, that I learned as a kid growing up. Uh, but fast forward to even the marriage that I, I came into after I come back from Iowa, uh, it was, it was very rocky. It wasn't um, a godly marriage at all. You know, uh, one night some friends of mine invited me to go out with them. And even then, I don't know what it was, but something said no. But I was a people pleaser. You know, I was a people pleaser and I was someone did not want to let other people look down on me. And uh, at that time, like I said, I was someone that was, I was heavy on drugs and they wanted to go get some. So I was like, yeah, let's go. Well, that night going out with those guys and friends, it led to us getting into an altercation with some other people that led me to hurting someone physically, uh, cutting a guy. Um, that led me to being incarcerated because I was on probation already because I allowed my name to get used to sell some cows that were stolen. 
once I was on a 10-year probation. I was almost at the end of that term, but I ended up revoking that probation when I got into this fight. That fight, you know, uh, led to me facing time in prison. Uh, well, I was in, I went to jail. Let me tell you how this happened. This is something that I, I still can't explain today. But once I got, got in jail, I, I, I saw this guy that I haven't saw in 10 years. His name was Mario. This, he was someone, he was of the Crip gang. And here I was of the Blood gang. And, and, but we had the same best friend. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so we had the same best friend. And when I saw him, not, I seen somebody completely different than who I saw 10 years ago. He was quiet. He was calm, you know, and I, he had just received this, I uh, think, like 40-year, he was, he was uh, facing a 40-year sentence, but I saw a piece in it that I couldn't understand. And when I saw him, you know, and I came up to him, you know, I, was, I was, wasn't born again or say anything like that. And I said a cuss word, and he, and he looked at me, he said, man, why are you cussing? I said, hey, what's wrong with you, man? You know, come on, it's me from, you know, 10 years ago, you know, but I thought he was like weird, you know, now. But he asked me, he said, do you read your Bible? I said, oh, man, I grew up in church. You know, I did. I went to school. I went to, I was in Sunday school. I was in the choir. I grew up, you know, our grandmama and mom, they kept us in church when we was kids growing up. And I, and I lived that religious, traditional life, you know, do what you want to through the week. But we'd be in church on Sunday, you know. Yeah. So um, seeing Mario and uh, he asked me if I read the Bible. And I was, uh, and I said, no, nah. I said, I know the Bible. He said, he handed me a Bible. And I still have that Bible today is held together with uh, every bit of tape that you can find. <laughs> but uh, we start, he said, you know, we're going to start getting up watching Creflo and, and George Myers and Kenneth Copeland. I was like, are you serious? Like, yeah. So we, we did. And when we got up, I, I, I remember, you know, listening to a message through uh, Creflo Dollar about repentance. And I saw that I was completely lost. I was on my way to hell. I, I was, I thought I was saved. You know, growing up in church, you couldn't tell me I was saved. And, and so I, I broke down and I cried out to God. I cried out to living God. Say, if you are real, I said the God that my grandmama used to cry out to and rock back and forth and, 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 and cry and scream out to, if you real, say, God, I need you. I, I, help me. I, you see, I am in trouble. And I, I was reading when you said, if I right here in the Psalms, it was like 50, 15. It said, call up on me in a day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you'll glorify me. And I was like, God, I need your help. And I broke down, I was crying. And then all of a sudden, it was like the very sun itself. I, I still can't explain it. But it was like the sun came out of the sky, and it was right before me. And, I, and, and, and like every pore of my body was open. I was like lit on fire, and, and this peace hit me, and I, was, I broke down crying. I was like, God, is this you? And I remember his voice like yesterday. He said, yes. He said, I'm gathering my people and I'm going to use you. And I was just crying. And, I, and I, when I come to and I remember I was like, oh, my goodness. My heart was beating so fast. I didn't know. I didn't know what, I didn't know what happened. But I know the Lord Jesus Christ came to me. I had a true road to Damascus experience because when I come to and I was looking around at the, in the cell and I had this love for mankind that I never had before. I'm walking around with tears going down my face. Asking people, can I help them? And, and, and I just started reading them about I had a hunger and thirst to read because I was ashamed all my life to read because I, I couldn't read that well. And I was made fun of a lot in school about reading. And so I couldn't read, but all of a sudden I was just so, just had a passion and desire to do nothing but read the Bible, just read and know the Bible. And what, what was something that the Spirit of God did is, you know, like John 14, 26 said, the Holy Spirit teach you all things and bring all things to your memory. 30 days before I got incarcerated, I was sitting on my, on my couch and I was watching this documentary of 
men and women in prison. And I was, and I remember, and the Spirit of God brought to my mirror and I said, I said, man, if I ever end up in a place like that, I'd give my whole life to God. Those people are crazy. <laughs> you gotta be careful what you say. You got, you do, you gotta be careful what you say. You know, uh, like Proverbs 6 2, you heard by the words of your mouth, you know. <clears throat> so, God, uh, next thing you know, uh, I, I'm reading the Bible. I'm, I'm sitting at the table. Mario, he had got his sentence, and they take him off from the county. I'm still there, and I'm getting up every morning. I'm reading my Bible. I'm at the tables, and I'm reading my Bible, and then people start coming to me, and it's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm reading the Bible. Like, hey, look at this. I was like, so excited because I what I was told was in the Bible. I was never there, but I was just so excited. Next thing you know, it wasn't a week and I was having Bible studies and I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm sitting there walking around the table and I'm teaching people the Bible. What, I, what little did I just learn, you know? And next thing you know, I catch chain and uh, instead of a uh, 10 year, uh, 12 year sentence, they gave me a 10 year sentence and I, and I accepted it. I remember when I went in there and I told the judge, I said, Hey, I did it. I, Cause I read about Zacchaeus. <laughs> and I was like, I said, I did it. I said, I'm sorry. I said, you know, I resisted the laws of the land. Romans 13. I just found it out. And even the uh, the quarter point lawyer was like, I've never had somebody this happy about going to prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, I don't know, but I got a piece of it. I said, something good is going to come out of this, you know. So next thing you know, I, I, I ship off. They ship me off to prison. And while in prison, I'm at the gurney unit. And, 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 I, and I'm still just reading my Bible. I get up every morning. And I was just consistent, just continuing to read and study my Bible. And, and next thing you know, I was doing the same thing there. I found myself in the day room and there was one, one old guy came up and another, I said, Hey, here, have a seat, take my seat. I let him sit down and take my seat. And then other people came. And before you knew it, I was walking around this entire day room of 130 people and I'm teaching the Bible. And this guy come up to me after and he said, man, you are a teacher. I said, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't put that on me. You know what I mean? He said, no, you got a gift. I said, ah, oh, man, I'm just sharing with you what God gave me. You know, I was lost. And so then I get shipped to the Bartley unit. Next thing you know, I said, God, if, if whatever you have for me, and I was, I'm reading his promises. I said, show me, Father in heaven, who you are. You said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, if I crouch in you, answer, show me great and mighty things we know not. I said, well, show me great and mighty things. Hey, that next day, the chaplain called me in and said, hey, because I was doing Bible studies also in the dorm. He said, I heard you um, doing Bible studies over in the dorm. I would like to make you a chaplain's porter. I said, well, great, let's go. So I become a chaplain's porter and I start facilitating the, the classes, the Bible study classes. See, and not only that, the grace and favor of God was on me so strongly. You know, like Psalm 5 and 12 say that God surrounded the righteous with favors with a shield. That when the chaplain was absent, this was at the Barley Unit in Austin, <clears throat> when the chaplain wasn't there, they would call me out my dorms to do calls for people who family died. And, and I met. I went to this class that they were had there, and I met Ron and Kate Brigman. This is they're from Pray the Word Ministry out of Austin, Texas. And I see this man up there, and he was speaking and quoting God's word. I was like, "That's what I want." I said, "God, that's what I need." And I started learning about the armor of God. I started taking marital classes uh, by Miss Arlene. Um, a matter of fact, where I'm going tomorrow, she was, and I started learning things that I didn't ever know. And so I started just really devoting my life to learning about uh, marriage because while I was down there, I got what you call a Dear John letter. A Dear John letter is a letter that says, hey, I'm moving on. I don't want to be with you no more. Goodbye. That was from my marriage. So 
And I did. I cried out to God. I was like, God, how? How could this happen? What could, how could you do something like this? Here I and gave my life to you. And he kept telling me, Joel 2.25, he's going to restore the, the years of cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer of Eden. I was like, okay, okay, he's going to restore my marriage. So I thought. <laughs> so, um, but that led me into doing like a really in-depth study about marriage. I started studying everything about marriage and what marriage is, what it means to love a wife for Christ of the church, which led to today, which do marital counseling. But little did I know that God was preparing me for what he has me and my wife, you know, doing today when we do marriage seminars and things like that. But anyway, so my wife had left me at that time. Um, I just continued to stay faithful and just uh, studying God's word, uh, holding Bible studies, holding, uh, facilitating classes. I get sent to another unit in Cofield. And while I'm there, I start, I get into HVAC class. I mean, I get into business computer trade. I get into automotive technology trade. And I would start taking these trades because I was speaking my faith that God is going to deliver me. I just had this feeling that I was going to go home. They kept telling me I've got to do eight years, but I kept saying no. I said, that's what man says, but I believe God says something different. So, so I want to be one to go home now and provide for my family. So I'm, I'm trying to get every, everything I can to equip myself. Well, while I'm there, um, I was in the Sally Port, and I seen this guy who's a big, tall guy. And uh, he had his head down. He looked very mad. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, pray with him. So I prayed with this guy. I said, hey, can I please pray with you? And I did. And when I prayed with him, found out he was the leader of the blood gangs for that unit for the last 18 years there, I believe. And he gave up the blood gang, gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. We started doing Bible studies. As a matter of fact, he leads the Malachi dads. Uh, Bible studies still today, <laughs> and this is ten years ago. He still he still uh, he had a, has a life sentence, and God is using him to bring so many people from the gang life. And then not only that, so after that we go, I go back to the dorm. I get moved out to the outside, to where you have more liberty. I was just seeing how God was just favoring my life, and so I get moved outside. I'm outside in the day room. I'm teaching another Bible study, and then I see the Hispanic group start circling around. Well, I go over there, you know, me, I don't, inside, you know, you know, people kind of trying to seek their own, but I'm just so full of joy and love, I go there and I talk to them. And I, I started sharing the Bible with one of the guys, but, and I did not know I was sharing the word of God with one that was a leader. He was a part of the MS-13. He was a leader of the gang. He also quit the gang life. They was going to kill him. We went and we stood on Psalms 91 and we decreed. We did with Jeremiah 112, how God watched those words to perform it. We started just praying Psalm 91 over his life. They took him upstairs to execute him, what they call him the gang. He come back downstairs crying and running and grabbing. He said, they let me go. They say they see I'm serious because I've been doing Bible study with you. So he got away from that. The next thing you know, now he teaches the Spanish groups of the of the Malachi Dads and also the Spanish groups in the Cofield prison unit still today. Well, after that, I get sent to another unit. Uh, I was inside and uh, I worked in education. And uh, because of God's favor, I used to be around the dean. I had to do all the books and things for the guys, you know, when they do their GED and they take college courses because you can do co take college courses inside. Well, while I'm working inside, I was I told the dean, I said, man, um, I heard about an HVAC course. I said, how can I get into that? I said, it's pretty hot in Texas. You know, when I go home, that'll be something that's profitable. He was like, well, that's not here. It's on another unit. I said, well, how can I get in it? He said, well, I'll have to ship you off the unit. He said, but there's a, a four-year waiting list. I said, well, how can I get in it? He said, well, I can mark somebody's name off and put your name on it right now. I said, well, 
Come on, let's do it. <laughs> so he did. He marked somebody's name off, put my name on it. God forgive me if that is wrong, but he did. And next thing you know, I get shipped off to another unit and I take the HVAC and refrigeration course. I become OSHA general and construction certified. Um, man, they said I'll have to do eight years, but after five years, six months, God gave me FI2 and sent me home. I get sent home, and when I come home, um, I, I did not desire to come back to here. I had put in to go to Austin. I did not want to come back. But when I leave out, my mom, my dad, my family is there, and, I, and so God was trying to show me, just like the man that got delivered from the legion of demons, how Jesus told him to go home and tell your family what great things God has done for you. He sent me back home here. And he sent me back home here. And now since I got here, um, God opened up the doors for, to bring my spirit made into my life. Her name is Leslie. Um, I got remarried and we do prison ministry together. We serve at Calvary Chapel Parish together. Um, when I come home, I, I was working on a farm for my ex-in-laws. And, and Satan was beating me down with shame and guilt, you know, and I was just like, I, I felt so awful. And, but the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance. He said, who was Moses working for? I said, that's right. He was working for Jethro, his father-in-law. And I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And right after I finished saying the words, Jesus, I get a phone call. And it was a job that I put an application in two weeks before. They called me and they, and they told me, hey, come in for an interview. Well, I went in for an interview. And this is what I found out. I was being interviewed by an unbeliever, someone who did not believe in God or anything whatsoever. And he wanted to give me a chance, but it, he was also partners with another person that was a believer. The believer didn't want to give me a chance, but the unbeliever said, he said, something in this guy, and I think he's going to be very good to us. And so he hired me. He hired me. I started out at the very bottom as a caretaker. I, then I got moved up to a belt operator. I was talking to God. I said, God, I know you have more for me than this. And the Holy Spirit said, well, you have not because you ask not. I said, well, God, let's do exceedingly abundantly above all I can think I ask. I'm at the back working. I go to the front. And when I go to the front, I remember speaking to a, a guy at that time. His name was Heath. And he told me, he said that, he said, they're looking for a position. I had asked him first. I said, hey, I noticed you got people coming in doing your HVAC work here. I said, what if you had an in-house HVAC technician? Because, you know, I had took the HVAC course. He said, well, you know, they're looking for someone with electrician skills on maintenance. And when he said maintenance, next thing I know at that time, the maintenance manager come walking in. He come walking, he said, hey, Jerry's interested in the maintenance position like that. He said, well, you got any experience? I said, well, I got my welding license. I got my HVAC technician license. I said, also, I'm, a, I'm OSHA general construction certified. And I got my business computer trade. And I started putting on all these my credentials that God has allowed me to accumulate during that time of being incarcerated because I made that time serve me. And he said, wow, why did you never say anything? I said, well, you never asked. You know, next thing you know, God moved me from the being a bed operator to the electrician for the company. From there, God moved me from the electrician of the company to now the maintenance manager of one of the biggest egg industries in the United States of America, which is CalMain, uh, CalMain Foods. So, and by the grace of God, you know, me and my wife was living over here in Paris, Texas, and I'm starting to see God, you know, favoring my life where, where I became an elder here at Calvary Chapel of Paris and leader of the prison ministry that we have there. Me and my wife, we come, we get together, we, uh, we prayed and fast because um, we had cows down in the country. And so we wanted a home closer to where our cows and things wasn't to my job. We prayed and asked God, you know, Lord, help us either come up with the finances to build us a house in the country or find a house, a three-bedroom house close in the country. 
you know, it wasn't that it, that Monday when I went to work, my manager here called me in the office. He said, Jerry, you know, we got this dwelling house over here and it got three bedrooms in it. He said, and something been burning in my heart all weekend. Uh, see if you want it. He said, would you like, would you like it? And I said, well, then check with my wife. <laughs> so I checked with her and she said, did you take it? I was like, I want to check with you first. <laughs> so I took it. God bless us with this home here. And next thing you know, uh, me and my son one day, <clears throat> we're out here on the fence and we're building, I'm building a fence because my manager told me I can fence also land and bring my horses up. So we're building a fence, and this is when that uh, um, George Floyd situation that took place. And I started building this fence outside, and, and the Lord just spoke to my heart. And I told my son, I said, hey, here, hold my phone. I said, God just spoke to me, you know? And he's like, I didn't hear anything. I was like, no. You know, he just spoke to my heart. <clears throat> so I said, I'm going to share what God is placed in my heart. So I, I did, and little did I know that that video would go so viral. It went up to, I think it's like, like 4.8 million views. Um, let's say, you know, Sarah Palin, Governor Sarah Palin wrote a short story about it, CBN, Trinity Broadcast Network, got a hold of it. And it was so viral all over the world that even today we're mentoring people from Australia, the Ukraine, uh, um, 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 Europe, I mean, all over South America, Africa. I mean, that it was so viral that God has opened up so many doors that even like today, we have visited over, I can say over a hundred churches that has opened their arms that had us to come and guest speaker, guest speaker there. And then the next thing you know, uh, I get a call from the TBN and it's the Trinity Broadcast Network and Miss Michelle Wilson. She uh, got the whole, got a hold to the story that Mr. Ron and Kate Brigham has sent to them. And they came here, here to my home and they interviewed my testimony. And from there, God has still opened up even more doors. We have a, a list of, of dates now that where we're going to be going to ministry in prison and going also do guest speaking at places from cowboy churches to Methodist churches everywhere. You know, God has just used this, allowed his, life, his uh, son to be glorified. But it, I come from a life that of addiction and drugs and gang and never in my life knew that God, the living God, I didn't know he loved me. I didn't know how he forgave me. I, when, when I found out how much God loved me and how much God forgave me, in spite of everything that I have done, the justification I received through Christ Jesus, it changed my life. When I saw my life in the scriptures, my identity and who God say I am, it changed the way that I look and view myself because I had so much low self-esteem, no confidence. I had some serious anger issues and God is so has helped me through life to be able to help me be, to sanctify me from being controlled by my emotions, which led to me being incarcerated. But it wasn't until I met Jesus, until I allowed until Jesus Christ Himself came into my life and and set me on fire. And I, my life hasn't been the same ever since. Thank you for watching the call. We hope you learn more about Jesus through this video. You can have a relationship with Jesus. Just invite him into your life, repent of sins, ask for forgiveness, and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for watching The Call with Nancy Sabato, where we are leading you to Christ through stories and teachings.